York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. Electricity, oi, oi, oi. As the heat, the sweltering heat, the humidity pounds us, it actually is nothing compared to what is happening throughout the rest of the country. And, oh boy, we just got a warning. In fact, the warning was such, I put in a call to a guy I went to school with who's now one of the many vice presidents of Con Edison. I'll give you that update momentarily, but uh, Lou... As we take you through your lunchtime edition here at WABC after the Bill O'Reilly 15-minute update, it's a rip and read with commentary. No calls. I do call-driven programs all weekend long when WABC stands for always broadcasting, Curtis. But let's get right down to it. The number one story, bar none, is the hot, sweltering heat. And the fact that yesterday here, I predicted that I don't think a lot of the grids uh, throughout the United States in here might be able to hold up to the strain. Austin, Texas, 40 straight days of temperatures in the 90s and breaking 100 degrees. But let's look at what's going on right here. Lou, only 40% of the office buildings are occupied now in Manhattan. Only 40%. That means 60% are vacant because people have told their bosses, oof, uh, not coming to work, going to do my work at home virtually because there's just too much crime in the city of New York. Thank you, Mayor Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan. But as a result, you would think there's less electricity being used in the island of Manhattan and maybe in the other four boroughs. Doesn't matter. This is the update from the New York State Grid operator that has demanded responses from the various buildings here on the island of Manhattan. I'm going to share with you of what they said we should all be doing. From uh, 1130 to 3 p.m., that's when most of the grid is pumping out those megawatts to keep the air conditioning and the lights on, although it's not the air conditioning that actually causes most of the commercial use in the office buildings. Lights are the largest user of electricity, making up 39% of overall energy use. Shutting lights will dramatically reduce consumption during this curtailment. That's right. We are undergoing a curtailment, as the rest of you are. And I tell you why, because there is a real fear out there throughout the tri-state area that the various concerns who pool their energy may not have enough to get us through to next week when it's expected we'll get some uh, relief from the sweltering heat. Let me just first say that I enjoy this. Oh, I love this kind of weather. I love to schwitz. As you know, Lou, I love to wear my wool red beret and my red sateen jacket. It's sort of like a schwitz. You know, it's like instead of going to a schwitz in Brighton Beach, 
I have a spitz constantly. It's my Polish way of keeping cool. It drives my wife nuts, Nancy, who if she walks two blocks in this sweaty, humid heat, is just about ready to pass out. But let me give you the update because, oh boy, there's a lot of a lot of checkoffs on this checklist. And we're just one building of many buildings in the five boroughs and in the surrounding areas. Number one, turn off all lighting not necessary for safety or productivity. As I said, lighting is the number one largest user of electricity in office buildings, not air conditioning. Use natural lighting and supplement it with task lighting, if at all possible. So that's it, Lou. Turn off those lights in the studio there. What the hell do we have this light on here? I mean, this uh, spotlight. I'm never on TV here at WABC. Everybody else, you know, they're at WABC, uh, radio.tv. Me, uh, I'm a person of no consequence. I'm a little pissue. I'm a schmendrick. Turn that light off. Come on, we don't want to have a brownout or a blackout. Turn off office equipment, computers, printers, televisions, and then in big, bold, black letters, heaters. Now, who the hell would have heaters on? Believe it or not, there are some people, they have cold feet, and they have heaters underneath their desk to keep their footsies warm. I kid you not. And other electrical equipment that is not required for your productivity today. Consider using a central copier. One central copier. Turn the other copiers off because all it's going to do is drain the valuable electricity. Turn off the coffee makers when not in use. Close the shades or blinds to reduce the heat. And turn up temperature or turn off non-critical supplemental AC units during curtailment. Now, remember, we have less people in the city than we had before the lockdown And the pandemic that began in March of 2020, as I said, only 40 percent of the commercial space uh, for offices is being used. That means 60 percent is vacant. And yet there is panic in the offices of Con Edison that provides us with our energy in this area. So I called up uh, a friend of mine out of the many vice presidents uh, at Con Edison. Go ahead, knock yourself out, figure which one it was. And he said, Curtis, it's very simple. We decommissioned Indian Point last year completely. There is no more nuclear energy being generated at Indian Point, which is 40 miles north of Manhattan. It is south of the Tappan Zee Bridge. I will never call it the Mario Faccia Bruta Como Bridge. And in fact, for many, many years, going way back to 1956, it produced most of the energy for the five boroughs of the city of New York and Westchester. Once we took it offline and mothballed the reactors and decommissioned it, we have had to replace the energy with natural gas-generated energy. Now, under normal circumstances, not a problem. It's plenty of natural gas. Under these situations, natural gas is being tapped all over the country, especially in the tri-state area. So I'm going to break this down to you because it's extraordinarily important I'm keeping my fingers crossed that we don't have a series of brownouts or, God forbid, a blackout. Not just here, but across the country. There are other parts of the country that are 100 degrees and over. 
parts of Texas, 115 degrees. Phoenix, 120, but it's always 120 degrees in the summer in Phoenix. I know I have guardian angels there, and one time I refused to take off my red wool beret and my red sateen jacket, and it was hermetically sealed on my body. But that's there, that's dry heat, and this is humid heat. This is the problem. We got plenty of natural gas in New York State. Pennsylvania is fracking their natural gas. And yet, Pennsylvania depends more on nuclear power than it does on natural gas and coal. Pennsylvania has five nuclear power plants. It's the second largest nuclear capacity state, second only to Illinois. And remember... That was the place where Three Mile Island occurred in 1979, the partial meltdown of that reactor, which is closed. In fact, the China Syndrome was made out of that. That movie with Jane Fonda, Michael Douglas, which spread fear, fright, hysteria, and hype. And then they had a made-for-TV movie, I think it was on for a whole week, about Three Mile Island meltdown. So impressions were sealed in the minds of Americans that nuclear energy is not safe. And there have been 23 shutdowns of nuclear energy reactors since. And there have been no replacements made. No new nuclear reactors have been built whatsoever. All we're doing now is burning more coal, more natural gas, more fossil fuels. And we haven't yet caught up with the green energy that's supposed to replace all of that. In fact, we heard uh, the president of the United States speak about that just yesterday, Lou. I have a responsibility to act with urgency and resolve when our nation faces clear and present danger. And that's what climate change is about. It is literally, not figuratively, a clear and present danger. The health of our citizens and our communities is literally at stake. The UN's leading international climate scientists call the latest climate report nothing less than, quote, code red for humanity. Let me say it again. Code red for humanity. Nuclear power. Nuclear power. Again, ladies and gentlemen, I hope the vice president of Con Edison is incorrect and that we don't risk having a brownout or, God forbid, a blackout as we go through this period of 90 degrees and more sweltering heat in our tri-state area, oftentimes uh, feeling the heat index that it's over 100 degrees. But there is a threat of that. That's why all these advisories now... That's why our own building is talking about eliminating uh, power use, especially between the hours of 1130 and 3 p.m. during the workday. Naturally, uh, likewise, it'll exist tomorrow. It's a little better on the weekends. Well, can you imagine? We decommissioned Indian Point. Why? Because Mario Facha Bruta Cuomo had gone to war against Indian Point for many years. He wasn't able to close it. So the deed was done by Andrew Evilized Cuomo. And we don't have enough energy sources to fill in the gap, especially when we go through a heat wave like this. Think about it. We only have three other nuclear power reactors upstate. In fact, the oldest in the country is Nine Mile Point, which was built upstate in 1969, and that'll soon be decommissioned. And then remember, everybody out in Nassau and Suffolk County is so afraid of shark attacks. We'll get to that momentarily But you had a nuclear power plant that was built at Shoreham, right there on the Long Island Sound. Billions of dollars were spent on that. 60 acres. Between 1973 and 1984, it took more than 10 years to build Shoreham. 
And what happened, it was the first nuclear power plant to be decommissioned after testing. It was shut down by who? Mario Facha Bruta Cuomo. But everybody out in Long Island, they want their energy uh, by all means necessary. I mean, think about that. Think about that. You would have had a nuclear power plant, Shoreham, that would have been taking care of most of your Long Island energy needs for local. And then, of course, we look to New Jersey, which has had 42% of its energy needs provided by nuclear power, 48% by natural gas. There was Salem. Salem is up and running in terms of nuclear power plant. I think they've decommissioned Oyster Creek. I think you got two that are taking place. And then in Connecticut, you have Millstone. So now that we're faced with this problem, as are countries all throughout Europe, Countries throughout Europe are being blitzed ever since they had the problem of the nuclear power plant, the near meltdown at Fukushima, then obviously before that, Chernobyl, Three Mile Island. The Germans, they decommissioned all their nuclear power plants. France, which used to have most of its energy provided by nuclear power, continues to have that. But some of the other countries decided not to follow the French who depend on nuclear power, but rather the Germans, who in the aftermath of Fukushima decided to decommission their nuclear power plants. And now they're dependent on natural gas from where? Putin in Russia. Either that or burning coal. Now imagine, here's Pennsylvania, right? For years it was the number one coal producer in America. No longer the case. Only 13% of their energy needs In the Keystone State, make that 17% are created by burning coal. So let this heat wave, which is going to affect us and other parts of our country, and as you can see, it's sweeping through Europe, temperatures of 105 degrees in London today. Let this be a warning to all of us that if you want clean energy, the best clean energy is nuclear power. We've already decommissioned 23 nuclear power plants. We haven't built one to replace it. Our energy needs are growing and growing. We're depending more on fossil fuels, natural gas, coal, and other fossil fuels. So let's get back to nuclear energy, huh? He knows New York. He is New York. Cred that the others don't have. Curtis Lewa. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Here it is, a groove slightly transformed. Just a bit of a break from the norm. Just a little something to break the monotony. Oh, summertime by uh, Will Smith. Remember when he broke into the business, they considered him uh, popcorn. Top 40 pop rapper with no street cred. And, you know, that's really what it's come down for our mayor, Eric Adams, the swagger man who has no plan to fight crime. You go into the hood like I do. None of the homies have any fear of this guy whatsoever. They all say the same thing. Hey, he wears expensive suits and goes to nightclubs at night. But they don't fear this guy. They don't fear him at all. In fact, if you look at the crime bladder today, in the aftermath of the shootings that have taken place just over the last week. You know what it reminds me of? I wonder how many of you out there remember that great movie starring Kurt Russell, Escape from New York, when uh, Manhattan became a dumping ground for all the criminals. Well, that's uh, what's happened. Although yesterday, there he was, Mayor Eric Adams. He was at Gracie Mansion declaring a war on guns. 
And I notice um, most of the mayor, some of them I know because they have guardian angel groups in their cities. But I saw former mayor Michael Bloomberg, the man who did more stop and frisk than any other mayor in New York City's history, apologize for it when he was running for president because it was excessive. It approached close to 700,000 stop and frisks a year because he was actually issuing quotas. To fill out 250s, this is the form you have to fill out as a police officer, the NYPD, when you do a stop and frisk. Instead of the better way to use stop and frisk, which was done during my Kumbada Chichis mayor, OT, Rudy Giuliani, where between police commissioners Bratton, then Safer, and Bernie Carrick, the city averaged about 150,000 stop and frisks, which is what you need to keep the guns, the illegal handguns, off the street, to make it so that thugs are afraid of the cops, that thugs fear getting stopped, patted down, frisked, and then jammed up with a uh, illegal handgun, which used to mean a guaranteed year in jail, but if you get busted in the most populous borough, Kings County, a.k.a. Brooklyn, you got Eric Gonzalez, the DA, who will send you to a diversion program, which means no time at all. But isn't that interesting? Michael Bloomberg was there. As all these mayors announced a war on guns, and never once was the subject of stop and frisk brought up. Of course it wasn't because it worked. And everything these mayors are doing is not working. Because I'm looking at these mayors and all of their cities. There's a mayor there in St. Louis, the mayor of Buffalo, mayor of Little Rock, Arkansas. I go on and on. And all their crime stats are going through the roof. But the mayor decided yesterday that he would focus on the 14-year-old young man who was hunted down and shot down in the streets of East Harlem. And this is what he had to say about it. Speaking with his mother, we've heard those cries so often. These guys are saying this criminal justice system is a joke. I mean, they're saying we can do this as much as we want. They just feel as though you're telling us that breaking the law is a bad thing. But every time we do it, (laughs) nothing happens to us. That's just, you can't run a city that way. You can't run a city, Eric Adams, without cops. That's the other thing. That's on your your dime. Uh, There used to be 7,500 detectives. It is the detectives who follow up and oftentimes make the arrest based on complaints. We had 7,500 detectives. These are the most experienced men and women in the department. They've already busted their shoes to earn their shield. We now only have 5,500. We have lost 2,000 experienced police officers at the highest level of the police department still busting their shoes, detectives either through normal retirement, early retirement, or they just resigned because they've been recruited by other municipal police forces, county sheriff's agencies, and especially south in the Mason-Dixon line and the growing uh, cities of the southern states, whether it's Texas, Tennessee, Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, or Virginia. The mayor has not addressed that. The mayor talked about the 14-year-old who was visiting from Plainfield. His family had left East Harlem because they knew their son was being targeted for execution by one of the many Project Street Gangs. He decided to return, and at about 5 o'clock outside of a bodega on 128th and Park Avenue in East Harlem, he was shot down, and his pal was shot. Luckily, he survived. Let's see if any arrests are made. You can't blame DAs for that.
You can't blame judges for that. You have to make an arrest first. That means good gumshoe police work by detectives. For instance, why is nobody bringing this crime up that transpired in the borough of Queens? In fact, my Kovacic, Rudy Giuliani, and I discussed it at the start of the week. Let's face it, nobody, nobody has better crime-fighting credentials than Mayor Rudy Giuliani. I mean, you can't repeat it enough. He inherited a city from the mentor of Eric Adams, David Dinkins. In fact, you notice uh, Eric Adams even uh, wears those fancy suits like uh, David Dinkins did. And like David Dinkins, does nothing about crime. There were 2,000 murders a year, 5,000 unsolved shootings. Luckily, the voters decided to elect Rudy Giuliani the second time in a very close margin of victory, as opposed to the first time when he ran against David Dinkins in 1988 and lost by a very small margin to then come back and do it all over again in four years. And boy, he gave this city a badly needed colonic. And after eight years, we became the safest big city in America. So if you were listening to Rudy Giuliani, as I hope you do each and every Monday through Friday from 3 to 4, it's appointment radio, and on Sundays from 10 to 11 before Judge Janine Pirro, a lot of times he focuses on crimes that should easily be solved. So the mayor was looking at the story in the New York Post about an uh, about a all-points bulletin that was issued on July 9th. It had to do with the attack against a 57-year-old grandma of five. By the way, even though Jill LaCroix is white, uh, she has biracial grandchildren. She was left bleeding after she was blitzed by three black women while riding the city bus, an attack that is now being investigated by the NYPD's hate crime task force. Yeah, they're they're, they're really knocking themselves out, right? (laughs) What's today's date? Oh, my God. It's a hate crime? Where are you guys? Where are you gals? It's the 21st. I'm looking at the three pictures of these young African-American violators of this 57-year-old white grandmother. Quote, she said, before they hit me, the girl with the green hair said, you probably like Trump, don't you? And the grandmother recalled, oh, yeah, I love him. Then I didn't see which one clocked me with their fist. The one with the green hair, she was saying she hates white people, the way they talk, hates white skin, the way their skin cracks, saying she was a gangster. Meantime, the grandmother, who was headed to visit her mother at that time, said I was the only white person on the bus. Nobody helped me, not even the bus driver. By the time we started passing, because they were going south on Woodhaven Boulevard, uh, come on, you know this is the same bus that you've taken many times, Lou, the Q53 bus. It goes all the way to the Rockaways. She said, by the time they started passing St. John's Cemetery of Woodhaven, the black violators started on me saying, that's where I'm going to bury you. She had a bag from Bath and Body Works. She took out a scrub and said she was going to beat me with it. It was tangerine. Look how specific this grandmother is in her details. The violator said, you're going to get what you deserve. All white people are going to get what they deserve. The grandmother said it was crazy. And it was crazy. Because on the very day we discussed it, this past Monday, 
Rudy mentioned how many of his relatives were buried in St. John's along Woodhaven Boulevard, as are mine, as are a lot of mobsters choking on their lobsters. Trust me, I've been in that cemetery many times with my two youngest sons when they were growing up as they were playing Slay the Dragon, and we went from mausoleum to mausoleum as they were hiding from me. And I looked, I said, oh, that's a Genovese guy, that's a Gambino guy. Oh, that's, that's a Colombo guy who I didn't get along with. Anyway, the grandmother needed three staples to close the gash on her head. She said, I didn't even know how bad the wound was. The passenger sat me down on the bus, and one of the passengers said, "Uh uh-oh, you're bleeding pretty bad. So imagine this. The attackers get off at Jamaica Avenue and Woodhaven. I am looking at their pictures. They have no masks on. They are smiling up at the cameras. Like giving each each of high five for the attack on this white grandmother, and the white grandmother goes on to say the one with the green hair was the mouth, but they were looking for trouble. When they got on the back door of the bus, they were laughing, and the one with the pink hair said, "Yeah, I kicked that blankety blank's ass." More than a week later, the attack has left the victim shaken. Never in my life have I been attacked like that. Lacroix said, "They said they hate white people now." Let's think about this, ladies and gentlemen. You know why this case is not being investigated by the hate crime unit of the NYPD. You can't blame the criminal justice system because arrests have to be made first by police and the detectives who are with the hate crime unit of the NYPD. The reason that they haven't moved a finger is because she indicated she was a Trump supporter, and then they beat the living daylights out of her because she was a Trump supporter. Can you imagine if the roles were reversed? Can you imagine if it was an elderly black uh, grandmother, and all of a sudden uh, three young guys or young gals that were white that said that they represented MAGA, asked them if they liked Eric Adams, asked her if she liked Eric Adams, and she said, oh, I love Eric Adams. And then they gave her a beatdown. You want to know how fast that hate crime unit would have already had him locked up? You want to know how fast the charges would have escalated? By the way, this affects everybody. I mean, this is the most egregious. And I'm going to keep a time clock here at WABC. Both Monday through Fridays during your lunchtime edition from 12.15 to 1 right after the Bill O'Reilly update, and then all weekend long as I'm on morning, noon, and night, about 22 hours from uh, Friday night to Sunday night as to why the NYPD hate crime unit has not even suggested that they're near an arrest. I noticed many of the elected officials of Queens were having a, uh, a press conference just the other day about this, and nothing has been done. Speaking of Queens, out on Mott Avenue, two blocks from the precinct, two blocks from the precinct, a block from the train station, last stop on the A train. If you remember, it was 6.30 this past Friday night. A mother with two children, one eight, one five, was gunned down in a drive-by shooting. A gunman put the gun out the window of an Acura, Shot her twice in the chest, once in the shoulder. Luckily, she survived. Shot another man nearby who was not with this woman. Then went on to rob two stores, not only for the money, but for the marijuana because they were stash houses. And there hasn't even been a suggestion of an arrest, even though we can see all the video. So, you know, you can blame the criminal justice system, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. 
The real problem is you don't have the cops any longer to follow up and do the gumshoe work. Ladies and gentlemen, I am warning all of you. I am out in the streets. I am visiting the precincts. I am in the subways. As you know, I've been doing this over 40 years as leader of the Guardian Angels here and in other parts of the world. We don't have enough cops. And the mayor has not found one penny in the budget to hire one additional cop or one additional correctional officer. Yet today, the news story is they're going to put money back in the budget for the Department of Education. Dumbest uh, <laughs> organization ever. And they're missing 150,000 kids. We have 150,000 less kids on the rolls. And they're going to be putting money back into the budget. What is it going to be spent on? 150,000 less kids means you spend less money in a bloated $36 billion budget. That's one-third of the $101 billion budget. And again, in Fear City, Crime City, I mean, it's like uh, Escape from New York now with Kurt Russell where Manhattan becomes the dumping ground for criminals. And there's not a penny being spent to hire a police officer or a correctional officer as they leave, retire in droves, normal retirement, early retirement, and they're just uh, leaving the job uh, to get a a better job where they're being recruited in other places. Think about that. And they took a billion dollars out of the police budget, Bill de Blasio and the city council, and they never put it back. So let's get real. If we don't get more cops and more correctional officers, the criminals will rule this city like they did in Escape from New York with Kurt Russell, where Manhattan became the dumping ground. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Remember what I started with, Lou, talking about possible power outages, brownouts, blackouts because of the advisories to this building and others to turn off the electricity? Well, it's already being reported that in Queens, in a story, hundreds are without power. Amongst all those hipsters and millennials in AOC land, all out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Heed the advisories. The grid is overloaded. We don't have Indian Point any longer. All the nuclear energy from Buchanan that used to supply our energy needs in the five boroughs in Westchester. I'm not kidding. We don't want a brownout. We don't want a blackout. You got to lock down. Meantime, all the concern is about shark attacks, shark attacks. Another one at Fire Island. Proving that sharks go after gays, heterosexuals, transgenders equally. When they're hungry, they go after everybody. A sick shark attack. And Governor Hochul at the realm claiming that she will throw every nickel, diamond, penny, and personnel into the battle against the sharks. Not against crime from Buffalo to Brooklyn. In fact, from now on, this is my advisory. Whenever you're attacked, whenever you're a victim of a crime... Declare that a shark was the uh, perp. And watch how all of a sudden the state will suddenly find the resource and the uh, state troopers and public safety elements to do battle with sharks. But I will tell you there's a form of trichnology that is taking place every summer. In fact, we are pulling it uh, to the effect of benefiting all of you who listen here at WABC 
There uh, used to be the David Letterman show on CBS late night. And he would have Christmas in July. And every Christmas he would have me and the Guardian Angels show up and sing Christmas carols in July. Here are the Guardian Angels. Save it for the shower stalls. We were all off-key, all off-note, all off-tune, but it was a good bit. Guardian Angels on the stage there at uh, Rockefeller, uh, uh, excuse me, Rockefeller Center, singing Christmas carols in July. That was a classic that David Letterman had. I appreciate that uh, because a lot of people saw us in a totally different light, which is not just patrolling streets, subways, and parks, and schools but also trying to sing as a choral uh, group, uh, off-tune, off-beat. But that brings us to our attempt to bring Christmas in July to all of you. Get your pads and pens, because here at 77 ABC, we, along with the Staten Island Ferry Hawks, co-owned by our owner-operator, John Katsimatidis, are giving 77 WABC listeners a chance to win a pair of tickets for the Ferry Hawks game on July 30th. That's a Saturday night versus the Lancaster Barnstormers. No, that's not the Amish there. If you're the seventh caller right now at 1-800-848-WABC, that's 1-800-848-WABC, you will have yourself a pair of tickets for the July 30th Ferry Hawks game. Again, call 1-800-848-9222 and the pair of tickets to the Ferry Hawk game on July 30th Saturday nights are yours. Prior to the Ferry Hawks game on the 30th, 77 WABC will take on the NYPD in a softball game and one of the lucky ticket winners will be randomly selected to be the first base coach for our 77 WABC team. I'll be there and I know a lot of the personalities both in front of the microphone and behind the scenes that you've learned to love over the years, will be there, too, swinging and winging. It's all part of Staten Island Ferry Hawks celebrating 77 WABC and the NYPD. Come on out and support the Blue on July 30th. Play ball. And remember, right after the game, win, lose, or draw, there will be post-game fireworks. I hope to see you there. In addition, I might add, uh, Pearl Jam has ceased and desisted its concert tour. Eddie Vedder has lost his voice. He's been stuck in the wildfires along with the group uh, in uh, Europe. And Mike Tyson uh, is a soothsayer. He's been smoking too much of his own dope of late. In a podcast, he has predicted that his death is imminent. Here is a guy who could have been killed a dozen or more times since he was birthed on Amboy Street in Brownsville. Never ran, never will. Should have been locked up in perpetuity for many of the crimes he committed that most of you are completely unaware of. And we're supposed to feel sorry for Mike Tyson, who's now making millions again selling marijuana, that he thinks his time has come to an end. 